Hello one and all, welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show, where today we are joined by MLW World Heavyweight Champion, the one and only Alex Hammerstone. Alex, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, so we, what we'd like to do, if we could, um, just to start off by asking sort of when you sort of first got into wrestling or when you first started watching wrestling, were you a fan when you were younger? Yeah, man, I was uh, probably, you know, seven, eight years old when I first like really got captivated by it. And uh, once uh, once I was hooked, it was a huge part of my life as a child, you know, kind of got out of it for a few years as a teenager. Uh, but I got pulled back in. And once I got pulled back in, it was like, maybe I want to maybe I want to give this a go. Yeah, awesome. Um, obviously, you know, you made your debut back in 2013. So you're, you're approaching almost a decade in the business now. How crazy has the last uh, 10 years been? Yeah, you know, actually, um, that internet statistic is a little inaccurate. I, I, uh, I debuted before that, I believe it was early 2012, maybe even late 2011. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's crazy to think because uh, that a decade's already gone by. I mean, um, I remember just, uh, it feels like just yesterday I was the new guy in the locker room with so much potential and all the years ahead of me. And now I'm like, oh, I'm getting kind of old and crusty over here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously you're, you're approaching uh, four years with MLW, uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, yeah. So just wonder if you could sort of tell us a little bit about um, sort of joining MLW and, and your debut as part of the dynasty. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man, MLW is like my first big break in the industry. Um, I've been doing the independent scene and uh, kind of rising to the top of a lot of the prominent independent promotions across the country. I've done a couple of things overseas in Japan. I've been to Canada and Mexico, but I hadn't got any of the major players in North America to lock me down to a contract and, and give me something long-term to sink my teeth into. And um, finally, 2019 came around, uh, MLW gave me that opportunity. And, um, you, you know, the rest is history because it started off great. You know, like they threw me into the dynasty, which of course was myself, MJF, Richard Holiday. And almost immediately we found, even though we weren't familiar with each other beforehand, we found very quick chemistry with each other and uh, started having so much fun. And when you're having fun and enjoying what you're doing in wrestling, that tends to shine through on the camera and people gravitate towards it. So, um, you know, with the help of those two guys, you know, I became part of one of the standout portions of the show and uh, the transition from that into breaking out into a single success um, was very natural. Um, and man, I've just had uh, such a great time, whether it's just great opponents, uh, great factions, and then also the opportunities that have, they've helped afford me to travel and get to get my foot into some new doors, you know, such as when they sent me to Pro Wrestling Noah. It's just, it's been an incredible run and uh, I feel like it hasn't even uh, reached its pinnacle as of yet. No, absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned the kind of, um, you know, kind of moving into that singles um, status, you know, following on from the dynasty. How, how kind of different is it? Obviously, you were brought in as part of that. And now for the probably the first time within MLW, you're out on your own. How do you how do you find that? Uh, you know, well, I, I find it very comfortable. This is a, this is a role that I was, you know, I've been kind of a lone ranger for most of my wrestling career, although I've had spurts, um, you know, of you know, tag team runs here and there over the years. Um, you know, I've always kind of gravitated towards being a singles guy. Um, 
you know, like what drew me to professional wrestling was the idea that your success or failures are based solely on you. It's a one man sport in a lot of ways, you know, and that's not to say that there's not a lot of people along the way who help you get success and who do a lot for you, but it's when it comes to putting in the work and reaping the benefits, it's on you. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of things before wrestling where I was relying on other people. So wrestling was, was awesome in that regard that I could put in the work and I could reap the results. You know, MLW is very good in that regard, as far as they let guys reach for the brass ring. And if they grab it, they, they grab it They're there. You don't walk in there and there's not a bunch of politics of, who they're gonna push because of who they know or who they decided was a star and who they decided wasn't going to be successful you know i came in there kind of at the bottom rung and i just kept climbing each step of the ladder until it was like okay this is the guy love that oh, that's awesome yeah um so obviously you mentioned uh one of your, your other former stable mates uh, being mjf um so just out of curiosity are you sort of keeping up with what what mjf's up to over in AEW? Yeah, you know, I, I don't honestly keep up as much as I used to with every single thing going on in wrestling. Yeah. You know, because for, for a lot of years, I was a maniac. I was training multiple days a week, and I was watching every single program from every single, you know, company and all these things. And sometimes when you burn the candle at both ends, you kind of get burnt out, you get fatigued. So I still keep up with... uh big things going on in the industry and MJF is a big thing in the industry. So I definitely keep up with him and it's hard not to just because um, what everything he does tends to gather so much buzz and so much notoriety. And it's uh, you're not going to start watching something of his and turn it off. It's always captivating. It always grips you. It always keeps your attention. So yeah, I've very much enjoyed watching him climb to the level of success. I knew he would. That's awesome. So obviously, um, Al, you know, Alexander Hammerstone, can you give us a bit of uh, insight into how you kind of came up with that name and, and you know, you kind of, uh, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but you kind of, um, you know, how you put yourself across in, in MLW? Um, so the way I present myself in MLW is actually um, th like, I was, there's really not much to it besides me at this point, you know, um, I think when I first got into wrestling, you know, we're all trying to find what works and what doesn't work. And I would try a couple things or someone would try to explain to me how I should be acting. And, um, you know, over time, I would try to be like, oh, maybe if I be this, it'll work. And I be that, it'll work. And then MLW, especially over the last, you know, two years, it's really become me being myself on camera, acting like myself, letting people connect with me as a human being um, has been what actually works because there's no bullshit. There's not, it's not phony. It's not fake. It doesn't come across as contrived. Um, and uh, yeah, so the presentation, it's like, that's me. You know, I'm like, I remember one time wrestling for a company and uh, I'm, I'm doing something. I knock a guy down a couple of times and hit a big flex and the crowd goes crazy. And then I got to the back and the promoter's like, uh, we really got to figure out your character. I just don't get it. Like you're, you're flexing, like you're cocky, but you're supposed to be a baby face. And I'm like, I'm being me. Like I'm, I'm, in, I'm, that's what I do. And did you hear the crowd? They liked it. You know, there's, there's not a lot of hard and fast rules in wrestling. It's like, you know, people can tell you that, oh, you're supposed to do it this way. You're supposed to do it that way. But if you're connecting with the people and being genuine and they're liking it, that works. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so, just wanted to ask quickly as well about your uh, your entrance music, which is uh, now "Millionaire" by Queens of the Stone Age. Um, can yeah. you tell us a bit about how that came about? Yeah, so um, you know, like I said, trying to do some things that weren't um, so genuine at times. For a lot of the years of wrestling, I was presenting a lot more of like a Thor-esque, like just oh, I'm an ass kicker type. Which, like, yeah, I'm an ass kicker, but there's I, I, it kind of limited you know the dimensions I was allowed to show and like you know kind of being a goof sometimes or being silly or you know whatever um and you know um it was actually before I joined up with MLW that I kind of went through a metamorphosis of a character change where the whole idea was like I'm gonna stop trying to be a character and I was sitting there trying to figure out what my music was gonna be and um I, I was so, yeah, it's one of those things that wrestlers overthink and I'm sitting there listening to songs and trying songs or trying to find remixes of songs or trying to do my own remix of a song and all this time like you know I'm going through this I'm, I'm training really hard at the gym and every time Millionaire comes on I'm just like oh yeah that's the shit and I was like wait why am I not coming why am I not coming out to this I love this music it fits my vibe I want to come out there, break the curtain with energy and, and carry that throughout my match. You know, a lot of the guys come out big and brooding or slow and plotting. It's like, no, I come through that curtain, the energy's high and that's what you're getting. And uh, I just think it, it really matches the energy I'm trying to display, but also it's a song I love. And I, every time I hear it, it gets me hype. And, uh, you know, uh, at first that wasn't my theme music with MLW, but, um, after, that's what I was using on the indies. And um, I think when we were coming back from the pandemic, uh, Court reached out to me and said, hey, you know, your presentation is kind of changing. Do you think maybe we come back with some new music? And I said, if you can get this, that would be awesome. <laughs> and he did what he had to do and he made it happen. And I am so grateful because every once in a while I'll work some kind of indie company that has limitations on using music rights. And I got to come out to something else and it's something generic. It's just, it's just not, not the same. same. <laughs> no, I get that. It, like you say, it just works so well. Yeah, such a good song. Um, you know, you mentioned kind of Thor there as well. And, you know, you get a lot of comparisons between yourself and obviously Thor, and, you know, names like Brock Lesnar and Hulk Hogan even. You know, have you heard much yeah. of this? And, and you know, um, what do you make of those comparisons? Uh, man, it's, uh, I, I really it used to bother the, the hell out of me because at first I was getting, um, I got triple H a lot early in my mm -hmm. career. And, uh, I even went through a phase where I was kind of egged it on a little bit and like kind of gave the middle finger to the fans where I shaved the handlebar beard and I, I got <laughs> trunks that were very reminiscent of his and kind of just mess with people. But then <laughs> there were people who were like, Oh, this Hammerstone's guy is a triple H cosplay wrestler. And I'm like, I, I was trying to like, I was make, like ribbing you, but you thought I was like, people thought <laughs> I was like serious. <laughs> they thought I was just a serious Triple H mark or something, you know? And then once I cut the hair and I was wearing the red leather jacket, everyone's like, oh, he just looks like Jericho. I'm like, oh my God. And then now, you know, now the latest one is Brock Lesnar. And it's like, I saw a video went up the other day um, for like a Lucha Libre web website. And all the comments were just like, who's this wannabe Brock Lesnar? <laughs> I was just like, uh, but I was thinking about this, you know, Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho, Triple H, uh, Hulk Hogan. 
all main event world champions. It's not like people are like, oh, you know who he reminds me of? Midian. (laughs) 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 So at this point, you know, I've just realized it's something that wrestling fans like to do. And um, as long as I'm not going out of my way to carbon copy, rip off anybody, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll take the comparisons. So obviously, um, you know, when you won the, the the heavyweight title for the first time, you had to vacate, um, obviously, the openweight belt. So being the kind of inaugural uh, openweight champ and kind of having to give that that belt up, um, do you kind of still see yourself as being the openweight uh, champ? And do you think we might get a collision down the line with, obviously, Davey Richards? You know what? A, a little bit. Um, I Because uh, there's a certain amount of pride I carried with that championship. Like, I... I feel like I did a lot of my best work with that championship. You know, I, I took that belt to Japan and had some incredible matches with it. I had, you know, I wrestled freaking like my match with T-Hawk for that championship was incredible. My match with Pillman to win the belt was really fun. It's like that belt, uh, it meant a lot to me. And I, I kind of, at the time of holding it, I always thought of it as the war curse belt. Like, okay, you know, the main event, there has to be some storyline to get to the heavyweight championship. My job, whoever shows up, it's go out there and kill it for 20 minutes and have an incredible match. And I feel like I, I pulled that off. And um, so, yeah, there was a bit of an ego and a bit of a pride thing when it came to that championship and having to let it go was a bit of a bit of a sting. Um, And of course, you know, I'm kind of watching everybody who holds it and thinking, uh, you know, you got got some big shoes to fill there, brother. Um, (laughs) That being said, um, Davey Richards is uh, I, he's, He's probably my favorite wrestler. <laughs> like, um, I was always a huge fan of him, and now I've wrestled him twice. Um, and both times, I was just like, "Damn! Like, you're way better than I even thought." <laughs> you know, so for him to be holding it, you know, it's uh, if anyone's gonna have the honor, I'm glad it's him right now, and I'm sure he's gonna keep doing incredible things with it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so with the the world title, you've uh, you've held that for for over a year now. Um, and this actually yeah. be the second longest reign of all time. Um, so I suppose the question is, um, are you looking to surpass Jacob Fatu's uh, 819 day reign? I guess I, you know, I guess that's what I have to do, right? You know, yeah. it's um, it's crazy because you know you never know when the good times are going to last and in wrestling. And um, you you say things like holding a championship for a year, it's uh, it sounds pretty crazy, but having be the one to be in the position doesn't feel like my year's up or my time's up or the clock's ticking and it's time for someone else to have a turn. I feel like I'm hitting my stride. <laughs> I just feel like I'm uh, I'm the best I've ever been. And I feel like I'm doing some of the best work and I feel like I'm doing some of the best stuff for the company. And I feel like I've worked really hard to get into this role. And, um, you know, a lot of times you don't really realize all the things that this role entails, you know, it's, it's more than just the wrestling. Um, and I feel like that's a workload that I embrace cheerfully. And uh, I, I uh, yeah, when you say, you know, Jacob was 18, 819 days, it's like, well, guess what? You know, I'm coming up on, you know, 400 or whatever it is. And it, it feels like I've, you know, barely had it for, uh, you know, a flash in the pan. So I feel like once I get to 800, it's going to be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready to give this up. But then once I get to 1200, oh, no, no, I'm not ready to give this up. I feel like uh, I'm going to be in a position where it's something like the National Openweight title where I'm forced to give it up for some reason. 
yeah love it great great answer um obviously you recently got to come across uh, to kind of our neck of the woods over here in the uk for for one pw so just wanted to get your thoughts on the uk and, and the uk wrestling fans yeah dude so it was just so incredible like you know like I'm aware that I've, I have a, a large footprint in wrestling now and a large audience. And, um, but I never lose touch of the times that nobody knew who I was, you know, and uh, to be across the, you know, the world in a different country for the first time. And the amount of people that walk up to my merch table already wearing one of my t-shirts, you know, and asking for an autograph and paying whatever $40 to do a meet and greet with me. It's like, man it's it's just uh it's super humbling to 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 see that and uh the fans were super high energy they were super wild uh i had a blast over there uh the only nitpick is that i spent probably 30 hours traveling back and forth and i think i was in england for about 30 hours <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a lot of travel yeah <laughs> Um, obviously, Carl's mentioned you've you've wrestled in the UK. Um, I believe you've wrestled in Japan and Mexico and and well, many places over the world. Um, so I suppose is what I'd like to ask is, um, do you have a particular favorite place? And is there anywhere you haven't been that you'd like to go? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think uh, my favorite wrestling experience was Japan, um, just because it's like it's it's just such a high standard and it's it was a heavy workload. You know, being on a tour bus and wrestling you know, five nights a week. And it, it's, it's just like, you have to be in that warrior mindset. And it's just, yeah. I enjoy being in that frame of mind for a, a period of time and just being like the grind, you know, it just really sharpens you up. Um, I, I recently was afforded the opportunity to wrestle in Australia with world series wrestling. That was truly incredible. Uh, Australia has always been one of my dream destinations. Uh, I feel like I have to go back cause I didn't get to see any kangaroos. Uh, um, <laughs> But yeah, man, there's still so much I want to do. Like I know WXW in Germany is uh, has some really incredible wrestling going on. You know, I, I even recently was contacted by a wrestling company in Italy. There's just there's so many things at this point. Like it's just like I just want to go everywhere because there's something special about like not only stepping foot in a new uh, company or a new state, but a whole new country, a whole new continent. And it's like, oh, if you don't know who I am, I'm going to I'm going to make you all realize right now, you know yeah love it um we've seen you mention it in a you know an interview or two about obviously the kind of the you know your upbringing and not necessarily having a ton of money um kind of growing up and things like that you know how does it feel obviously talking about all the countries that you, you've traveled to and all these experiences you've you've got to have did you ever think you know there was a time that that wouldn't be possible for you yeah it's um you know i was like literally talking to someone the other day um i, I my gym training partner and I was like explaining to him kind of the different dichotomy between uh, my girlfriend with her family and home life and mine, you know, and I was explaining like how we don't have, we didn't have a lot of family traditions and stuff. And I was like, we, we didn't have like family vacation. Like we didn't, we never, we never went anywhere ever. Like, so, um, and that's not like an exaggeration. And um, so it's like to be able to go all these places and travel all these places and get to do all these things and meet all these people. It's it, it is really incredible. And that's, like I said, that's one of the things I try to never lose touch with that. I do get burnt out and I do get frustrated. And I do get pissed off with, you know, travel delays and being stressed out and, you know, being stuck in airports and all that. But at the end of the day, it is a blessing. I'm very fortunate. And uh, I always try to keep that in mind, even when I'm being a little, little pissy, little, <laughs> little guy about everything. <laughs> 
Um, so when it comes to, to MLW and wrestling in general, I suppose, uh, is there anyone that you haven't faced yet who you'd love to sort of, that's, I suppose, on your bucket list of, of opponents? Oh, man. Um, let's think, man. So we have uh, we have some guys coming up that are, you know, really doing some big things. You know, Alex Kane is, is making a lot of waves with MLW. But we just got some big debuts like Sam Adonis uh, just debuted with MLW. Sam Adonis is really, really good, really incredible. Um, I feel like he's a guy who sometimes gets overlooked by some people. Um, I feel like he and I will have to cross paths eventually. Um, you know, Willie Mack now is doing some stuff with MLW. I've never wrestled Calvin Tankman in a singles match. That would be incredible. There's just, there's really a lot of guys, a lot of things that we haven't even touched yet um, that are still on the table. And, uh, you know, I, a big one is that people ask me all the time is, well, when are you and Jacob Fatu going to tear it up yeah. again? And we all know he, you know, uh, he's gunning for that championship. So uh, I think there's still a lot of really good matches on the horizon, a lot of things uh, for people to look forward to. Awesome. Obviously, you reached number 24 this year in the uh, PWI 500. So firstly, what, what were your thoughts on that ranking and what are your goals for next year's? Uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, um, you know, everybody has their own opinion about the PWI 500. You know, some people think it's really cool, really accurate. Some people think it's, you know, a whole bunch of garbage and people just pay to get their, their, their uh, ranking or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there are people who make those decisions and to influence those people enough to think like, oh, that guy should be ranked this high. Um, obviously it, it's uh, reflective of the year I had in professional wrestling holding one of the top companies world championships for the entire calendar year and not only that but several indie companies as well um, so I was I was like stunned you know because it's one of those things you know obviously every year I've been jumping up and uh, I expected to continue to jump up but again like had you asked me a couple of years ago you know, I think up until, you know, 2018 or 19, I didn't even get on the list. Um, so it is, it is pretty incredible. And yeah. that being said, um, the only way is up from here. You know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do less this year than I did last year. Um, I think uh, when it comes to what time frame is counted, um, since then, I've already, you know, debuted in Australia. I've already debuted uh in the uk you know so i'm already charting new ground that i haven't charted last year and uh we're just getting started so yeah, i think to works. say i shouldn't be somewhere in the teens uh <laughs> i don't think that's unrealistic nice yeah definitely um so uh, obviously huge news for mlw is that um the events were going to be available on pro wrestling tv um so that's going to be worldwide for free um so for starters, I suppose this is sort of exciting news for, for MLW uh, in terms of getting more eyeballs on the product, but um, also sort of exciting news for, for yourself as well. So how do you feel about this uh, this sort of new venture and, and potentially sort of expanding the uh, the viewership, I suppose? Yeah, I feel like it's, it's a really great move. It's something that's really awesome. Um, you know, obviously we're in a time where, you know, TV is great, but streaming is kind of the future. Like I can, yeah, speaking for totally myself, agree. I don't have I don't have TV service in my house. I have a couple different. I have Hulu and Amazon Prime and you know Netflix and all that. So for us to be on a streaming platform, I think that's a very brilliant move. Um, but not only that, it's something that 
the service is going to be free. Uh, you know, when you tell people, oh, we're on this or that, and it's like, oh, well, I don't want to pay for another thing. Then don't, yeah. you don't have to. Um, so it's, it's, it's easily accessible for everybody. They could be watching it on their smartphone or their iPad, or they could be streaming it to their TV, but it's, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a great move. Obviously, you know, having the show on YouTube for a long time was very accessible for a lot of people, yeah. but that has its, uh, that has its downfalls with, um, you know, as far as like the advertisements and the monetization and all those things that you have to think of as a business. Um, so I think this is a great move because not only is it equally accessible, if not more, um, it's not going to be something that you have to pay additional money to get. Everyone's going to be able to watch MLW on demand whenever they choose to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we let you go, obviously we know you're a very busy man. We've just got to ask any, any more music coming from you anytime soon? Oh man. Um, you know, I, uh, I did, I did my whole album. It was 100% done by myself. Um, and the whole thing was like, I think a lot of people didn't realize, like, I don't think I'm a singer. I'm not delusional about that. I recorded an album a lot of, and for a lot of the reason was so that I could help myself find a band a lot more easily. So I'd find guys to say, Hey, here's the music, learn this, learn that. And we could all, and I thought that process was going to be extremely quick, extremely painless, extremely easy. Well, I recorded that album in like January or February, and here we are in November, and I still don't have a band. <laughs> but that being said, I finally have found some guys and I've actually been linking up with and practicing with, and it's been going great. I'm about to hit the gym with the guy who's uh, singing for the group, and uh, we're going to have band practice today. So uh, for the first time in, in almost a year, it's actually looking like it's going to pan out, and I might be able to play on a freaking stage again for the first time in over a decade. Fingers crossed, man. Awesome. Fingers crossed. Um, so just one last thing before we let you go is uh, if you could uh, sort of just kindly let our audience know how they can keep up to date with, with your good self uh, and and with similarly with your music as well uh, on sort of social media and the like. Yes, sir. Uh, so I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Hammerstone. I'm on Facebook as Alexander Hammerstone, you know, and then obviously please keep up with the pro or with the Major League Wrestling uh, social media as well so they're going to be on uh, instagram and twitter um but most importantly they are on the pro wrestling tv app and that is going yeah. to be my <laughs> new home with mlw so if you're saying hey i'm a fan of you but i don't know where to watch your matches you now you know that's it <laughs> awesome well alex thank you so much this has been awesome and uh, yeah we genuinely appreciate it of course, guys, man, I really had a pleasure. I hope we get to do this again. Maybe sometime when I have a little bit more time, we could flesh out a longer interview because uh, you guys have been great. Hell yeah. Oh, no, thank you very much, man.